da 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 Something happens and I'm head over heels I never find out till I'm head over heels Something happens and I'm head over heels oh, Don't take my heart, don't break my heart Don't, don't, don't throw it away That was a song called Tear... Uh, a song called Head Over Heels by a band, an 80s musical group called uh, Tears for Fears. And when I was much younger, I was like, fuck that. No, man, that's that's some like campy square shit. But now that I'm older and I listen to it, I'm like, actually, no, this is a fucking good. Tears for Fears is good shit. And that's not what we're talking about on today's episode. Hello. Welcome to That Thing with James. I'm your host, as always, James. And this, if you don't know, is a podcast slash YouTube show. And it's like, it's a vibe, man. It's just a hangout. It's a chill thing. It's a cool thing. It's that thing with James. What's it about? I don't know. What is what is what is hanging out about? That's the whole premise of this show. You know, it's like you know how Seinfeld is, you know, quote unquote about nothing. Although there's something, there's something to do in each episode. But it's kind of uh kind of how this show is, I guess. Like the premise is there's not really any of a premise besides it's just you and me hanging out, keeping company. See, I started this show quite some time before the pandemic started, before the locks, locks down, lockdowns, yeah, lockdowns happened, and uh, and people got lonely and were home all the time, and well, I was ahead of the curve. Turned out, I'm like, this is like a, a common thing in my life where I'm a fucking head of the curb or curve. I'm ahead of the curve, you know, like a bell curve. I'm ahead of the curve. Uh, and I feel like, and think like, and believe like I'm in the wrong, like there's something wrong with me or I'm, I'm somehow like, I wouldn't say like inherently broken, but because I don't believe that I'm broken. Um, but that is as close to a phrase that I can conjure right now. Um, it being ahead of the curve, I just feel like I, uh, here, here's, here's a good thing. Here, here's a good way to put it. I always have felt like since junior high and it's continued on since then. I have since then felt often uh, that I am either too slow or too, not, not too slow or too fast. I'm either behind the times. I feel like I'm, I've missed the train. I feel like I've always missed the fucking train, no matter where I go, no matter what I do, no matter why or how I go and do things or people wink. Ha <laughs> ha. It's a sex joke. This is an adult show, by the way. If you're under 18, you better close your eyes and and plug wait 
fuck, I wanted to, I wanted to say, you better close your ears and plug your eyes because this is for adults. Adults swim, kids out, adults only. Yeah, this is like, but not like the show, not like the the TV, uh, exemplary TV block, Adult Swim. No, this is a, this is a show where I make, you know, I'm, I might make a, a cheeky joke about, you know, bums. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the poor homeless. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff you can get in this show. Um, and, uh, well, anyway, I have always felt like I, uh, you know, live in the wrong era. And a lot of people feel like, oh, I, I, I was born a decade too early or a decade too late. That's sort of a thing. But in my case, I mean, that has transformed in my psyche into a feeling anachronistic being uh, in a past or future tense sort of way, anachronistic in terms of just trends, like general trends of like the temperature within popular culture, within uh, pop popular politics, that sort of thing, or even just fashion and music tastes and that sort of thing. I've often felt like I I, I just didn't fit into where this is. And like I would be into something or, or be doing something and think like, well, I've just missed the fucking train and I'm playing catch up. And then say a year or two pass, sometimes more, sometimes less, uh, Things within the world will change and new trends will emerge. And these trends are ones that I was already into. And then it's like, wait, I wasn't, I didn't miss the fucking train. I I, I didn't wait for the train. I, I just started running because I thought I fucking missed the train. So I just started running uh, to get to where I'm going, so to speak. Um, and... Where was I going with this? Ah, this show, the premise of this show is a hangout. Sorry, if you if you hear other voices in the background, it's my downstairs neighbors. I've given them ample time today to uh, try to, you know, get their loudness out of their system. But they started up just as I was about to fucking start recording. Like the kid down there was screaming bloody murder. And that is a, a, a verbatim direct quote right there. I wish I was making that up, but that's that's the direct quote. So that was going on for two and a half hours, and it died down for 30 minutes, and then I was like, okay, I can start recording. And as soon as I hit record, the mother started having loud conversations, let's say. Anyway, um... So if you're hearing if you're hearing other voices in the background, that's them. Uh, I'm not gonna fucking wait for them. I got other shit to do today. Uh, anyway, um, so this show, going back to the beginning of the pandemic, and uh, people getting into lockdowns and all sorts of like shifts in consciousness. Um, and I'm not talking like some people experience like a complete shift in reality. Others sort of, uh, had a shift in say perspective. Um, and started thinking about different things and, and, and having different sorts of insights. Um, 
And, and one of the common things is that people were lonely at home. Well, I can tell you, I've been working from home for years. Uh, like, I think two or three years before the pandemic started is when I started working from home. And I, I love it. I love it. Um, but also, it, it did get quite lonely. And living in Austin, Texas at the time, and due to the nature of my day job, I didn't really have a lot of money. I couldn't afford to really go out and do stuff. So I was just home alone, like most of the time. And I started getting into podcasts. And I it just seemed like fun. Uh, and, then, and then one day, and I'm, I probably talked about this in the very early, like beginning episodes. One day I just get an idea for this show. Um, I, I may have had a little assistance, um, not from another person, just uh, let's say, uh, chemistry, chemistry. I, I had some assistance through chemistry and, uh, I thought of the idea for the show where it is literally just a hangout between you. Yes, you. I'm talking to you. A hangout between you and me. That thing with James. So that people can talk about it and say, oh, you know about that thing with James? What thing? That thing. Okay, what is it? It's a podcast. What's it called? It's that thing with James. What's the name? You know, like a who's on first, you know, uh, Abbott, Greg Abbott and uh, um, uh, Elvis Costello, those, the comedy duo. Um, so, yeah, it turns out this show, the premise was uh, kind of uh, coincidentally, perhaps, although I don't, I'm, I mean, I believe in coincidence, but I don't think it's as large of an influence as other synchronicities, so to speak. Um, and I feel over the past several months, probably over the past year and a half, I have sort of strayed from that original premise. And I want to try just bringing it back, which takes of me, asks of me to do something that is scary. And that is give up, give up. Because I've I said in some previous recent episodes about I was thinking about quitting the show. But also, I just, I don't really want to. I enjoy this. But I had come to not enjoy it. And I think that's because I was trying to make this show something else for other reasons. Um, and I don't think it worked out, frankly. I think the show maybe even kind of suffered for it. But as is my nature, I have to go out and try different things and see that maybe it doesn't work and then reach a point where it's like, okay, I'm not quitting. I'm not going to quit, but uh, I'm giving up. That is to say, I'm not quitting, but give up in the sense of just fucking let go, quit trying to control, quit trying to get a certain outcome, and just do the thing in the, for, the, for the fucking express reason that you started doing the thing which was 
just to have fun because it seemed fun and I wanted it to be fun and I just wanted to connect with you. Yeah, you. So I am, let's say I'm trying this out, giving up. Uh, or I'm going to quit trying. I'm just, it's just going to be a hangout. You know, I tried to make this like, maybe it should be politics. Maybe it should be history. I'll still talk about this sort of stuff, but I guess whether it's visible to you or not, uh, had I not even gone on this fucking, uh, uh, down this rabbit hole, whether it's visible to you or not, I am sort of changing my intention with this show. Um, and we'll see how it goes because I don't want to quit doing this show. I, I do enjoy it. So I'm going to have to uh, recalibrate. And that kind of fits in because uh, oh, since the pandemic started, it was sort of like, okay, well, what do I do? Like when it wasn't fucking ending, you know, by the end of the first year, I'm like, they're going to say this is over, but this shit is not ending. I knew it. I knew it. It was the only logical outcome for the response to it. Um, uh, that is the, uh, governmental response to it. Um, so it, I was already experiencing a sort of, uh, identity crisis per se, because, uh, some stuff I really wanted to do was not possible anymore. So I had to figure out, okay, well, what do I want to do? And who the fuck does that make me? Like, I know who I am, but who does it make me now? Um, and then after having my apartment like fall apart, like collapse, actually collapse this past February during the ice storm in Texas, and then leaving and coming to, uh, leaving Texas and coming to Oklahoma, having lost so much and then having gotten so much and gotten so much help from, from friends and family, you, if you're watching this or just listening to this, you might be one of the people who has helped me through this thing. And thank you. I am very grateful for all the help I've gotten to get back on my feet uh, materially, like get a head over, get a roof over my head, uh, get like a bed, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and then reestablish in a completely different state which has its own baggage with me because I grew up in Oklahoma and I'm living in Oklahoma now. So, uh, you know, I'm dealing with old baggage coming up, old memories. Uh, so there's that. And then there's also uh, like super turbocharged my identity crisis going through all that shit and moving to a totally different state that for sure does not have the kind of thing that I was looking for in my, my life and in my career. Um, so in that, I feel like, yeah, it's kind of bled over into this show. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny to me that I've gone like around 20 minutes talking about this right now. And this isn't even what I really wanted to do the episode about, um, because I'm going to be talking about this, this thing, basically, uh, cannabis analysis. I'll be talking about that. Uh, and, and I will, 
I'm going to talk about it. It just, uh, it reminds me because I don't think I'm going to get rid of that monologue because um, I like to be honest with you and, and that fits with the premise of this show is just hanging out with someone, having a parasocial relationship and being okay with it, you know? Don't don't be a stalker. If 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 I don't know you, like don't be a stalker or anything. But yeah, the intent behind the show is uh, a new word I learned over the past year or two, which is parasocial relationships. And uh, I guess that was kind of the concept of like we all want parasocial relationships because we're all so isolated and alone. And the internet grants us an opportunity to connect with one another. Grants us an opportunity to share our feelings and our perspectives. And so, yeah, that's in the spirit of that. That's what this show was about at the beginning. It's what it's always been about, no matter if I've tried to uh, make the show one way or another. Uh, And I just want to get back to that core. So I already went through all that stuff. But yeah, um, weeds, weeds stuff. What was I going to say before that? Yeah, there was another episode of like, uh, I did this year, like after restarting the show again, after getting reestablished in a new apartment, uh, I did an episode about bad dates and I shared a story that was like 20 minutes long that wasn't even related to the dating stuff. But then the dating stuff was like 40 minutes or so. And this this person uh, left the longest comment on YouTube. It was like three long paragraphs uh, about how boring and dull this show is uh, and how they felt like I had misled them that um, this is supposed to be about dating. So why don't you edit out everything? Essentially, I'm paraphrasing here. Why don't you just edit out everything but the bad dating experience stories because that's what the title is and I want that. So get rid of everything else, all right? Um, And I didn't. I didn't because that's not what this fucking show is. Uh, and uh, that, that, that one kind of fucked with me too and was part of my weird crisis with the show of like, what am I supposed to do with it? Do I need to appease this person? Are they speaking some truth that uh, other people who who have uh, seen or heard this show before wanted to express but didn't? Uh, that really got into my head. Um, and I was already in a very vulnerable state anyway. Um, and you know what? Fuck that. This is what it is. This is what it is. Uh you either like it or you don't, or you think it's all right, and that's cool, or you don't care, and that's cool too. Anyway, so all that happened, and um, one of the reasons I moved to Oklahoma is that um, medical marijuana is legal here. I don't know if you knew that, but that was one of the deciding factors um, especially after having lived in Texas for so long, that was one of the deciding factors. Plus I've got a lot of family here, like close family. And that made it easier, uh, being in proximity to them, uh, made it easier to get back on my feet. Um, 
but that other thing I mentioned, the you know, the MMJ, that was also a very big factor in choosing to move to Oklahoma. And during this past spring, when my partner and I were living with my parents and searching for a new apartment, um, my partner one morning mentioned this thing called interpening. And I said, after, you know, having a laughing fit at the word interpene, I said, what is that? Uh, and she said that it was basically like a weed sommelier. And, uh, and I said, can you spell that, say that word for me again, interpener. I said, okay, can you spell that out? She spelled it out. I said, are you sure it's not interpreter? And she was like, yeah, it's interpener. <laughs> so of course I looked it up on my own and it is pronounced interpreter, but because the word interpener is so funny, I'm going to be just using that word uh, henceforth because I'm going to tell you about interpeners. I'm going to uh, take you on an adventure into the career of being a peen. Before we do that, if you want to help support the show, help make the show better, and get access to uh, bonus episodes, which I record one new one every week, and you would get access to all the other previously recorded and released bonus episodes, become a patron at patreon.com slash that thing with James. Subscriptions start at just $5 a month. That's only five bucks. That can get you, you know, with five bucks, you could get a shitty, over-roasted, greasy-ass, way-too-hot drip coffee from Starbucks and, and, and not even enjoy it that much in one sitting. Or for a whole goddamn month, you can get access to all that bonus shit and, and access to the good feelings that you're getting to help support an independent creator. Uh, so become a patron today at patreon.com slash that thing with James. And for those of you who are already patrons, whom I refer to as members of the Black Diamond Exclusive Club, thank you for your support. I truly appreciate it. Also, I have a uh, subreddit called r slash that thing with James. Uh, let's see. I have an email address. You can email me with ideas for topics or stories you'd like me to share on the show, or if you, uh, would like me to be on your show, or if you would like to be on my show, or if you just want to say nice things to me, you can email me at that thing with James at gmail.com. Or if you want, you can slide into my DMs because they're open. Uh, uh, on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. My handle on all three is at James J. Asher. And I'm also getting much closer to starting Twitch stuff. I actually got the the, sop, the streaming software figured out by now. Uh, and I'll be doing, I'll be uh, streaming on Twitch soon enough, playing video games, you can join me as that happens, or we can just watch like stupid videos on YouTube and laugh at it together. Uh, think of it as an extension of this show. Um, I, 
I think my 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 handle on Twitch is yeah that James, um, but I, I'm still I, it's not up a hundred percent, so I'm not going to send you there right now. But I, I've I'm pretty damn close. I've got the stuff figured out now. I just need to figure out when I when to stream uh, and how to let people know about it. But that's just a quick heads up. Now business is over. Let's get back to this peen. Uh, yeah. So in Oklahoma, medical marijuana is legal, which is pretty fucking cool. And, uh, and as I said, um, that just happened to be a thing that happened. Uh, I'm not going to say, um, employers that that was the reason I came here. Um, but just the fact that uh, Oklahoma is such a forward-looking and progressive state that they would legalize medical cannabis, uh, I liked that. I, you know, I, I wanted to be somewhere progressive, and that, and that Oklahoma is more progressive than Texas now. It fucking blows my mind. That's really not saying much. Uh, Oklahoma's not progressive but that it's more progressive than Texas. Yeah, that blows my mind. But it's also simultaneously not surprising to me. Um, But anyway, yeah, yeah. My partner said she was thinking about becoming an interpeener. So I I, want to tell you about this this peen business. So if you want to know, here it is. The world of the peen. I found this. I found this article last night on ABC News, and it was written by this person, Jason Curtis. This came out in January 9th of 2018, and Jason most certainly had fun writing this article. And I'm going to use this as a jumping-off point to educate you about interpening and interpeners. <laughs> Uh, the title is Interpening, Interpreting Interpenes to Know How Cannabis Will Make You Feel. A Denver school teaches people to analyze cannabis samples like a sommelier. By the way, I found a water sommelier on TikTok. Interesting stuff. I think that's something I'd like to do. Your water sommelier. I say as I'm about to take a drink of this monster. Okay. On a warm winter day in Denver, Max Montrose, the 29-year-old president of the Tricome Institute, is, quote, on a weed-hunting mission, end quote. Montrose's quest involves locating proper samples of cannabis to teach the students in his class how to detect specific characteristics of the cannabis flower. He's been providing cannabis education classes in Colorado for more than eight years. Man, Jason's having fun with this. In addition to being the Tricome Institute's president and co-founder, Max Montrose has authored several textbooks on cannabis sales training and products and written for many cannabis-related magazines. He's also developed his own tools, such as the interpening loop, to help users determine the effect of a cannabis 
effect a cannabis sample might have. So I'm going to take a step back real quick. This dude, Max Montrose, is 29 years old, and he's doing this shit? That's wild. I, I, I can't imagine being such a successful entrepreneur at 29, and I'm, I'm almost 34. Uh, okay, quote, My passion is cannabis and has been since a young age. Young teens, he told ABC News. <laughs> My passion has led me down a road of daily research, growing, caregiving, activism, jobs, businesses, and now I am an expert witness in high-level cases lecturing around the world and lecturing around the world. I have researched this plant incessantly from credible sources and worked with it daily for 15 years. And quote, I think that's his uh, cheeky little wave saying he smokes weed every day and has since he was like, I don't know, 12 or something. Okay, continuing, the class Montrose is shopping for on this outing is, uh, wait, let me start that over. I, I, those peens were getting to me. I lost focus. All right, here we go. The class Montrose is shopping for on this outing will be a combination of trichomes level one and level two interpening course. The class starts with a three-hour lecture where Montrose discusses several topics, including the history of cannabis, the anatomy of the plant, and how to tell good quality from bad. Following the lecture is an olfactory workshop where students have the opportunity to get hands-on with the plant. There, they learn how to use their senses to determine good and bad cannabis samples and how to figure out where on the spectrum of psychoactive activity a cannabis sample falls. You know, I think I might be really damn good at this job because it seems to me from other stuff I've read too that it has a lot to do with smell. And if you've been following this show, then you might know that it's pretty well established uh, within that thing canon that I've got a really good sense of smell. Uh, and there's a story behind it too, but it's there. It's one of my superpowers. Continuing. To do this, Montrose instructs his students to use their senses in order to break down real, true, and noticeable characteristics of the plant. He calls his self-taught theory interpening, a hybridization of the words interpreting and terpene. Oh, we got a clever one on our hands. Terpenes are chemical chains that, among other things, give a plant its fragrance. Moreover, it's widely held that terpenes have a pharmacology, meaning they have certain properties or reactions that can have a therapeutic value. Quote, I discovered interpening in my later teenage years. <laughs> so he's just really good at picking out good shit. He's just smokes a lot of weed and was like, uh, I'm going to analyze this. This is, uh, it, it's both impressive and, and humorous to me. I discovered interpening in my later teenage years, Montrose said, 
I discovered all the ways to correlate psychotropic effects with bud structure and smell and scent perception analysis. There are three levels of certification for interpeening at the Trichome Institute. For level one, the cost uh, the class costs $165 when taken in Denver, which, by the way, is my hometown. Represent Mile High really is I mean, it's a great name for it. Denver's, Denver's a party town, in case you've never been. Uh, when taken in Denver and consists of a three-hour lecture on cannabis basics, the strain name dilemma, trichomes, outgrowths or appendages on plants, strain structures, quality analysis, and methodology behind interpeening. Montrose says the class can sometimes be taught outside the state of Colorado because it doesn't involve any cannabis samples. Level 2 classes, which Montrose says usually have about 30 students and account for about 95% of the Trichome Institute's interpeating Colorado classes, costs $249 when taken in Denver. The Level 2 classes include the Level 1 lecture plus an additional olfactory workshop with samples of cannabis. It wraps with a certification test on the skills and information taught in the class. The highest level of interpeening certification, level three, is by invitation only. Ooh, get into the uh, advanced special invitation only classes. Level three gets more microscopic, hashes and concentrates, horticulture, history, and more, said Montrose. During the first stop on today's mission, Montrose interpeened more than a dozen cannabis samples and left with several teaching examples for his upcoming class. While shopping for samples, Montrose says that often it can be difficult to tell the bud tender that he's not looking for what the typical cannabis consumer might be seeking. While on his bud quest, he's, quote, needing to really focus on the jar and see it and really smell it and determine if this is a proper sample for class or not. He says, why interpret interpenes? Montrose points to several studies that found each cannabis sample contains over 200 terpenes. According to Montrose, by identifying the dominant type of terpene on a cannabis sample and where that smell is being felt in the nose, a user can determine what sort of impact a particular cannabis sample might have on a person when smoked. Dr. Donald Land, chief scientist consultant for Steep Hill Labs, Inc. in Berkeley, California, told ABC News that while the interpeening method isn't a substitute for scientific laboratory testing, it's certainly better than nothing. Land cautions that the only true way to know what terpenes are on a cannabis sample is to perform scientific testing. A specific terpene scent may not represent all of the undetectable terpenes on a sample, Land says. He adds that without, validating, without validation of the interpeening process in a laboratory, there is no way to know if the results are correct, which is something I was thinking about earlier. Uh, Steep's 
uh, Steep Hills Lab is an independently owned and operated analysis biotechnology and research and development facility that seeks to, quote, empower cultivators, dispensaries, manufacturers, and consumers with a transparent understanding of science, according to its website. Land is also a tenured chemistry professor at UC Davis and co-founder of Hallant Laboratory, uh, which later merged with Steep Hill. Land says that there are some contaminants that may be found on a cannabis sample that cannot be seen by the naked eye. Just as when terpene analysis, just as with terpene analysis, he says, the only true way to analyze a sample is with a proper lab testing. Montrose, however, reminds his students in every class he teaches that interpening is his own theory. He's claiming that terpene laboratory tests will not tell you the psychotropic value of a cannabis sample, but the theory of interpening will. Interesting. And Montrose readily admits that interpening does not replace standard lab testing, but he says he's currently in talks with scientists who have attended his class and saw the value in the interpening theory. The scientists have begun to negotiate investing in the system as well as working on developing mechanized systems that can implement interpening techniques. A mission to end cannabis misinformation. Montrose and his partner Jim Nathanson founded the Tricome Institute in 2014. Nathanson is the Institute's CEO. Quote, the Tricome Institute is really just a mission to end cannabis mis- misinformation by educating people on cannabis, on cannabis things that we know to be real and true, Montrose said. The Institute is an approved Colorado Marijuana Enforced Division, MED, uh, responsible, f- responsible vendor program provider. The content of its curriculum has been approved and found to meet the requirement of MED regulations by MED and the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. A spokesperson for the Colorado Department of Revenue confirmed to ABC News. Colorado's Secretary of State website indicates the Tricome Institute is currently in good standing. Now is a great time for marijuana education in the Centennial State. As business is growing, according to uh, data from Colorado Department of Revenue, more than 19.6 million dollars was remitted to the state last June for all marijuana taxes, licenses, and fees. That is a 7% increase from the same month in 2016. For the first six months of 2017, the total was more than $94.8 million. Activists, writers, growers, bud tenders, lawyers, and product specialists have all attended the class, Montreux says. A quote. <laughs> That's not part of the quote. Quote. What's really cool about interpening is there's not one particular type or group of person who comes more often than other groups. It's really a mixed group of people, he added. Colin Fletcher, 
a Denver-based attorney specializing in marijuana law, has an intervening level two certification. Quote, I utilize the knowledge I learned in that course primarily with product specifications, he told ABC News. Allie Greenstone, who is Montrose's girlfriend, also has an interpeating level 2 certification. As a sales rep for Mary's Medicinals, her job centers mainly around education and training dispensary staff and patients on the company's products, um, including cannabis-infused transdermal patches, gel pens, topicals, and other non-psychoactive products. I imagine CBD and just candy and shit. Mary's Medicinals is a Denver-based company that, according to its website, quote, creates the most effective, accurately dosed natural pain relief products utilizing clinically, uh, utilizing clinically tested, clean, and accurate delivery methods. Most importantly, Mary maintains, uh, quote, industry-leading accountability driven by her patient-first mentality. More quote. The reason I was so excited about about it was to be able to learn more about actually looking at the plant and being able to ignore something so ambiguous as a strain name or even the THC content. I feel so many people go into dispensaries just looking, oh, this one has 26% THC, this one has is 15% THC, so I'm going for this one, when actually that really plays very little factor. Greenstone said. On that winter day, Montrose ended his weed hunting mission with more than a dozen suitable fresh cannabis samples in hand. He'll add this fresh crop to his existing stockpile of samples, both good and bad, for his students to learn from. In the future, Montrose hopes that the Tricome Institute will be able to harvest their own flower so they can have better control over the variety types and freshness of the samples. Quote, for now, hitting a few of my particular dispensaries around town definitely works, Montrose said. It's just hard to find exactly what you're looking for when you're as picky as I am. End quote. End article. So the first weed dispensary I ever went to was in Denver. I was I was in town visiting my brother and uh, he, he took me to a dispensary because, well, um, the last time I visited years prior, uh, I, I don't even know if I was 21 or not. I may have just become 21 or something. No, 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 no. I remember what it was. The last time I was there, I was uh, after grad school, but, um, weed wasn't like, there weren't dispensaries in Colorado yet. So then the next time I came some years later, um, they were a thing. And so my brother took me to one and I remember walking inside the dispensary and just feeling like this is how it should be. Like, I didn't feel nervous. I like the whole time I wasn't even like, and, you know, I've got anxiety disorder too. Like I, I didn't feel like panicky or anything beforehand. I just had a sense of like, I'm looking forward to this. You know, it was kind of a calm excitedness that I felt. And then walking through the uh, security door into the dispensary, um, again, it wasn't like I felt nervous or like I was doing something wrong or anything. Uh, I totally didn't expect this, but I felt just like 
this is real. Like, this is really real. This is how it should be. I felt like, oh, this is what's right. And, um, and it's amazing to see that uh, somewhere like Oklahoma, where I am now, has, I mean, it's not, it's not um, recreational like Colorado is. I'm pretty sure Colorado is recreational. But um, that there's dispensaries here uh, blows my fucking mind. And I think it's great. And this interpeting thing, I, I, I can see both sides of it. Um, I can definitely see the scientific side behind it because I was thinking about like, okay, the more I read about it, I was like, okay, so this is basically just going by smells and look and that sort of thing. Um, I, I, I can definitely understand uh, scientific analysis of a thing, and but I can also see uh, just interpreting and I can see how that would maybe become, uh, you know, be able to find a close proximate, approximate to um, what you may experience from a thing, a, a certain different level of analysis. So it will be interesting to see. And this is an older article, so it might have happened by now. Uh, it would be interesting to see how um, how it changes when, when you fuse interpeating <laughs> And we fuse the peen, fuse the peen with science, you know, scientific analysis. It's a, yeah, interesting to see what happens. Now uh, they do have a website, trichominstitute.com. I'm on the about page right now, and uh, I wonder what does this say? Uh, this is on their website about. With lack of standardized education being shared, uh, being a shared problem across every aspect of the cannabis industry, credible, accurate, and thoroughly researched information is critical to uniting communities and overcoming prohibition. Filling this gap by providing reliable education is the core of Tricome's mission. Tricome develops high-quality courses and industry-recognized certifications to educate consumers, dispensary staff, consultants, entrepreneurs, government entities, and more. And then you scroll down, affiliates, and accreditations. Oh, wow. Holy, this is like for it seems like it's some bullshit scam thing, you know, off of it. But like, it's got a real accreditations here. Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment approved. Jesus fucking Christ, they're so loud out there. Uh, or downstairs, uh, Colorado Marijuana Enforcement Division, um, Department of Health of Puerto Rico. Well, okay, and American Culin Culinary Federation. Um, interesting stuff. Would you become an interpeener? Uh, would you stick your wiener into a career of the interpeener? Let me know. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, comment. And also, if you haven't subscribed to the show, please subscribe, like, hit the like button, uh, comment, for, and all of you uh, share the show with your friends. This episode got uh, way longer than I expected. I was shooting for like 30 minutes, but here we are. Um, that's it for this episode. Uh, just uh, sort of rambling and then reading about interpeening. Uh, and this has been uh, this has been cool. It's been a hangout. And again, if you want, if you haven't already, uh, become a patron, help support the show, uh, patreon.com slash that thing with James. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I love you. And I'll catch you next time. Bye. Uh -huh.